In today's lesson, Stephen Davy continues through the Old Testament book of Hosea. Hosea's message to Israel was simple. The nation's persistence in sin guaranteed punishment from God. No amount of denial, trusting kings and idols, or self-reliance could alter that. Israel serves as a warning. Knowing about God is no substitute for knowing God. This is the wisdom journey, and Stephen's lesson today is called Reliving the Good Old Days. If you're like me, the older you get, the more likely it is you're going to have some conversations with people and you're going to use the expression, those good old days. Well, I actually love to hear some of those stories, by the way. I I love to talk with my dad uh, before he went home to heaven about what it was like to grow up on a farm in Minnesota. He grew up as a farm boy milking cows at 5 a.m. in the morning, and then he walked two miles to a one-room schoolhouse Uh, with a potato in his pocket. When he got to that schoolhouse, he and several other boys would put their potatoes on top of that black pot-bellied stove there in the middle of that schoolroom, and those potatoes would cook through the morning, and that would be their lunch later on. Of course, that story, you know, always made me feel guilty as a boy for complaining that I had a turkey sandwich for lunch instead of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, no matter how old we are, You know, we tend to look at at those old days as those good old days. Seems that everything was so much simpler back then, maybe even a little cleaner. But the truth is, times may have changed, but human nature has not. The human race is just as sinful uh, in need of redemption back in those, you know, good old days or even a thousand years ago as the human race is in need of repentance today. Well, the prophet Hosea begins to describe Israel here, and it sounds a lot like he's describing the people of our day. In fact, the sins that dominated that ancient kingdom back then, well, they're really not any different than the ones that plague our world today. Well, now we're in chapter 4, And beginning here and continuing, frankly, for several chapters, we're given a list of Israel's sins, and we're going to overview them in our wisdom journey today. The opening verse summarizes them fairly well. Hosea writes, the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love, no knowledge of God in the land. Instead, there's swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Those good old days here sound a lot like these present days. Hosea says here in verse 3, therefore the land mourns. In other words, drought. This is God's promised judgment for disobedience is now uh, come upon the land. The, these people can't point fingers of blame really at each other. The truth is, they're all to blame. In fact, this even includes the priests who fail to teach the people the word of God. It says here at the end of verse 1, there is no knowledge of God in the land. You see, idolatry is characterized 
throughout the book of Hosea as spiritual adultery, and that justifies God's judgment. We're told here in verse 10 that the people have forsaken the Lord. And for what? Verse 12 says, my people inquire of a piece of wood. Imagine they're they're asking advice from a, a piece of wood instead of God's word. Well, now here at the end of chapter 4, there's a brief warning for Judah not to follow her sister Israel, as it were, into idolatry. We come to chapter 5, and Hosea says in verse 4 that their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. In other words, their wicked hearts are producing wicked deeds, and their love for those wicked deeds are keeping them from returning to God. See, this gets to the heart of rebelling against God, doesn't it? It's saying, I really love my sin. I love the world. I'm going to avoid submitting to God because if I do that, I've got to give up what I love. I've got to give up my sinful lifestyle. Now, in the midst of this condemnation, Hosea gives Israel a little ray of hope. And we we see this often as we study the prophets. It's a reminder that even though this current generation is going to experience judgment, God has not completely or forever abandoned his covenant people. In fact, you have some words of repentance here in the first three verses of chapter 6. These are going to be spoken by that future generation at the time of Christ's return to set up his kingdom. We read here in verse 1 that they'll say, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. Now keep in mind the present generation of Israel is going to remain defiant. They're not going to say these words of repentance. Hosea goes on now to list more of their sins here in chapter 7. They're going to ignore God. They're going to think that God doesn't see what they're doing. In fact, the Lord says here in verse 2, their deeds are before my face. Well, God actually does see what they're doing. Verse 11 pictures them like doves who are lured into traps when they go to Egypt and Assyria for assistance. When their crops fail, they won't cry out to God. But verse 14 says, they wail upon their beds at night. Let me tell you, they're not only failing to repent, they are, they are stubbornly refusing to repent. Even though this judgment from God is an invitation for them to repent, they're just going to cry in their beds rather than come back to God. Well, now here in chapters 8 through 10, Israel's punishment is is spelled out very clearly for them. The vulture hovering over Israel in verse 1 of chapter 8 is Assyria. It's like a, like a circling vulture. They're waiting to land and consume the nation Israel. Now, as the Assyrians are swooping down, Hosea says the people are going to cry out to God. But at the same time, they want to keep crying out to their idols, those little pieces of wood and stone. So chapter 8 and verse 7 delivers the verdict. Hosea writes, they sow the wind, they shall reap the whirlwind. In other words, they've sown rebellion. Well, now they're going to reap a whirlwind, a judgment. Listen, beloved, it's true in, in these good old days, just as it is today. You know, past blessings from God 
don't give us some kind of special protection from the discipline of God if we choose to rebel him in these days. What's true for Israel is true for us. If we're walking in disobedience today, beloved, we we really have uh, two choices. Confess our sin and be restored in fellowship with the Lord, or continue sowing more seeds of sin out there and expect nothing less than a whirlwind of consequences in the future. Now, the consequences for Israel are going to involve exile from their land. Now, here in chapter 9 and verse 3, the prophet announces, They shall not remain in the land of the Lord. They shall eat unclean food in Assyria. Verse 17 sums it up. My God will reject them because they have not listened to him. They shall be wanderers among the nations. And now finally with that, chapter 10 here uses several different images to emphasize uh, the sin of Israel and the punishment that's going to come upon them. And one of these images portrays Israel as a healthy and fruitful vine that the Lord planted in the land. But as the nation grew and prospered like that healthy vine, well, they didn't thank the Lord. They turned aside to those idols. Even to the end, they're crying here in verse 5 over the loss of their idols that they've shaped here like a calf. Well, that calf idol isn't going to help him at all. It isn't going to help him from being carried away to Assyria. And Israel here is, is all upset about it. Here they are facing exile, facing the judgment of God, and, and all they can do is cry over a lifeless idol made in the image of a young cow, if you can imagine it. Well, that idol isn't helpful at all. And It isn't going to help them against that king, that army that will rise up against them. In fact, verse 13 reveals the rather tragic truth. You have plowed iniquity. You've reaped injustice. You've eaten the fruit of lies. You have trusted in your own way and in the multitude of your warriors. You see, the people of Israel have placed their faith in themselves, in their king, in their warriors, their armies, and in those those idols made of wood and stone. They, they knew better. They knew about the true God. But, you know, they only knew about him. They didn't really know him or follow him. I want to tell you, I, I know I'm talking to people today who know all about God, but they really don't have any desire to follow God. I want to make sure today that you haven't fallen into the same trap, assuming just because you know some things about him that you actually belong to him. Oh, yes, we're going to keep learning more about him together. Uh, That's what we're doing on this wisdom journey. But let's make sure that, that we have personally admitted our sin to him and that we're personally trusting in Jesus Christ alone as our Savior and our Lord. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Make sure you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. If you need help understanding the message of the gospel, 
we have a resource for you. We call it God's Wisdom for Your Heart. It's freely available on our website, and here's how you'll find it. Go to wisdomonline.org forward slash gospel. Once again, that's wisdomonline.org forward slash gospel. That'll take you right to this resource. You'll also find it on our smartphone app. When you install the Wisdom International app on your device, this resource about the gospel is available right on the home screen. Install the Wisdom International app and you'll find this resource as soon as you open it up. If we can assist you, our email address is info at wisdomonline.org and our phone number is 866-48-BIBLE. That's info at wisdomonline.org or 866-48-BIBLE. Join us next time as we continue the wisdom journey.